Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for giving us the Bible so that we can read, study, understand, and put your word into practice. We want to build our faith by hearing the word, Father. Today, may your Holy Spirit show us the reasons why Jesus came into the world. And we will take it to our heart and believe it and walk in your provision, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, we were talking about God's providing all of our needs through Christ Jesus. In this season of Christmas, we talk about the baby Jesus. Jesus came to the world for us. But many people do not understand the reason why Jesus came into the world. I want to read Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 one more time. The Bible says, And my God, will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus came to meet every single need of human being on earth, including you and me. Last time, we learned that at the cross, the evil consequences of human rebellion or iniquities were put on the body of Jesus Christ. He took the bad due to us who committed sin. And then he offered us the way to get the corresponding good due to Jesus who obeyed the Father 100%. Last time we learned that Jesus took the punishment on the cross so that we can be forgiven. And most Christians stop only there. I'm forgiven. I have salvation. I'm a child of God. Many Christians do not know that God offers us more than just forgiveness of sin. The second thing we learned last Sunday is that Jesus took our sickness on the cross so that we can be healed. Healing, supernatural healing from God belong to believers. But we receive healing by faith. He gave healing through his grace and we receive by faith. Another thing we learned from last Sunday is that Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness so that we can have the righteousness of God and we can become righteous. That is the second thing we learned. And the third thing we learned, I'm reviewing right now. The fourth thing we learn that Jesus met our needs at the cross is that Jesus died our death so that we can have eternal life and super abundant life. We receive life from God because Jesus died on our behalf. Today, we're going to learn more how God meets our needs 
through Christ Jesus. Let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I will finish this sermon tonight in the Christmas Eve service tonight. I'm going to wrap up tonight. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 say, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. This scripture is so straightforward. There is an exchange at the cross. Poverty, our poverty, came upon Jesus so that we can have riches of God through Christ Jesus. The question is, when did Jesus become poor? A lot of people picture Jesus as a poor man walking around, begging money from people. He did not have anything much. That was a wrong thing, wrong concept. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus was never poor. Jesus always had more than enough for himself and to be able to give to other people. He has more than enough strength. He can preach, he can heal the sick, he can cast out demons. He sent his disciples out to preach the gospel. And when they came back to him, look at what they say. In Luke chapter 22, verse 35, And he said to them, When I send you without money back, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. They lack nothing. So far away from being poor, Jesus has more than enough even to give to the poor himself. His ministry gives to the poor a lot. In John chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii given to the poor? They practice giving to the poor all the time. That's why Judas called that. Why don't we sell this oil and give to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Jesus' ministry. He has super abundance to be able to give to the poor. The way he obtained money, sometimes very unconventional. The money that withdrawn from the mouth of the fish and from the bank has the same value. He got money from the mouth of the fish. Amen. The way he gave provision of food to 5,000 men, including women and kids, was very unconventional. He multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish and feed all the people, 10,000 of people, I believe, because 5,000 men, usually more women than men in the meeting, and kids too, he is far away from being poor. He was able to feed people. He was able to do anything because he was not poor at all. 
He has more than enough to be able to do God's work, help people. So Jesus was not poor while he was walking on earth. The question is, when did he become poor? But before we go to that, let us look at the definition of the word poverty in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 48. The definition of poverty. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies. This is the outcome of disobedience to God. Living a life of rebellion will bring curse to people. And that curse, one of the curses is poverty. Whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Four things that explain the definition of poverty. Number one, hunger. Number two, thirst. Number three, nakedness. Number four, needs of everything. Jesus became poor. All these four things happened to him in the last 24 hours of his life before and at the cross. In John chapter 19, verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Jesus did not have any food to eat, no water to drink for 24 hours before he went to the cross. On the cross, he was very hungry. He did not eat. He did not have any water to drink for 24 hours. That's not good. I'm thirsty right now, actually, because I have to talk. So, but I can have water later on. But Jesus could not drink water. Jesus did not have even clothes to wear. In John chapter 19, verse 23, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments, made four parts, to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. Jesus did not have any clothes to wear on the cross. He was naked. Is that poor? Very poor. No food, no drink, no clothes. At that time, for 24 hours, he has need of everything. He has no nothing. He has no land. Everything was taken away from him. His friend ran away from him. No more friend. They all ran away. He even had to borrow cloth to wrap around his body at the time of his burial. He has to borrow a tomb to be used from a man. Luke chapter 23, 50 to 53. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to that decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God, waiting for the coming of Messiah. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. This man actually let Jesus borrow his tomb, borrow the cloth, wrapping around him. Jesus did not have anything for 24 hours. He was absolutely poor at the cross. 
and look at what the Bible says. Why he became poor? Second Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace. Jesus went to the cross and became poor because of his grace. He did not have to do that at all because he loved us so much. He was willing to be poor. About toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. You have everything enough for yourself to pay all the bills for your own happiness, your own enjoyment. You're going to have everything for yourself, sufficiency. But not only that, it did not stop at only to have enough. May have an abundance for every good work. Jesus became poor so that we will not only have what we need each day, three meals, pay for electric bill, pray for the college bill, gas bill, and car payment. No, he did not just give you enough sufficiency for you, but you're going to have more than enough to do every good work. You have more than enough to give, to pay for people dinner, take people out for dinner, evangelizing, because you give people come to know the Lord, because you have more enough to give. Amen? You may not carry a big amount of cash. You may not have millions of dollars in your bank account, but the Bible says you will have what you need and more than enough than what you need. I'm so proud of one of our members. I don't want to mention the name. This man, God always met his need. Always come through for him at the right timing. This man always opened his home to feed people. And evangelizing. Used the car to visit people. Last night I went home and talked to Pastor Da about this member of our church. He's so giving. He's rich out. Use his money to reach out. And now a lot of people sit in this room because of this man came to know God through him. Because he was so generous to use his money to reach out to people, to feed people, to pay for people airplane ticket, to go places. Wow. I like all the Christians to live that way. That we can have more than enough and to be able to reach out to the lost and save them and come to church one by one. If you want to know the name, I can give you later on. This man. Some of you know who I'm talking about. The Lord wants to bless you financially to the point that you can enjoy the greater blessing. What is the greater blessing? Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself say, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, to receive gift from people is a blessing. Thank God for the gift. Thank God that people take you out for dinner, pay for your dinner. But the greater blessing is that you will be rich to the point that you can give to other people. You can cook steak and invite people to your home and feed them. You can give money so that people can pay for the gasoline to come to church. It's good to be able to give because you have more than enough. Amen? 
How many people want to live that way? How many people believe that Jesus became poor with your poverty and so that you can be rich? Raise your hand up. How many people believe you can have more than enough? Amen. Now let's look at another one. Jesus did not only forgive our sin. Jesus did not only die our death so that we can have life. Jesus did not only heal our sickness. He did not only take up our sin so that we can become righteous. He became poor so that we might become rich. But he also take care of our emotional needs as well. I want to talk about two emotional needs. And I believe that these two needs happen to everybody who's sitting, listening to this teaching right now, including me, myself. We all have more or less of this need in our life. These two emotional wounds happen to a lot of people. If you don't have one, congratulate. But I believe everyone has some. The first one, the first wound called shame. S-H-A-M-E. Shame can vary in severity, can be acute embarrassment, or can be a little sense of unworthiness inside. I remember when I first came to the U.S., I faced that a lot because I spoke with very thick accent. I spoke a lot of wrong English pronunciation. I remember one time I was standing in the emergency room at Harborview Hospital and I was talking to the patient in the ER emergency room and I say like this, as a Thai man who just immigrated to America, I say, could you please cross your eyes? And all the doctor and nurse look at me, no, Dr. Lau, close your eyes. The patient looked at me, cross your eyes. I was so embarrassed in front of everybody. At that time, I worked for the veteran hospital down there, veteran hospital. And I walk in and I say wrong thing or this veteran from Vietnam War look at me and laugh at me. And I was a doctor and I feel so embarrassed and shameful inside me. It took me a while to be able to get over those things, the shame in my life. And the shame can come from many reasons. can come from maybe sexual abuse, molestation, kids that used to be sexually abused grow up with shame. Or you may be in a society that people put you down because you are a foreigner. You, are, you cannot speak that language very well. Um, I always teased one of the nurse in the OR at Evergreen Hospital. His name is Tim. I told him that I can mention his name in my sermon. Anytime I speak English, he will tease me in front of everybody. For example, okay, don't tease me. I say, oh, that car, Buick. The car, Buick. And he say, no, it's Buick. And I say that, uh, I just fly to Houston. He said, no, not Houston, Houston. And everyone laughed at me in the OR, in the operating room. Because they say, Y-O-U is you. H-O-U-S should be who's, not who's. Why your English language is this way? You should be Houston. But you say Houston. Oh, God, English language. And you know what I said to him, to Tim? I said, Tim, one of these days I'm going to buy a one-way ticket for you to go to Thailand. 
and drop you in the middle of Thailand and let you speak Thai in Thailand to Thai people. And you're gonna feel it when people laugh at you when you speak in Thai. <laughs> This is a joke in the operating room. Every week, every Wednesday, we joke together about going to Thailand and about accent. God wants to cure you or restore you from the shame wound inside here. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He said, I don't care. I was put in shame, but I don't care. I'm willing to get the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. At the cross, Jesus endured the shame due to us because we are committing sin. That's why we have to face shame. And he endured that shame. Do you know that the death on the cross are called crucifixion is the most shameful form of death that a man can face. The man who will go to the cross have the cross stripped off, naked, hang on the cross in public. People walk by, look at the naked body hanging on the cross, laugh at, mock at that man. And usually crucifixion is used for the lower kind of criminals. Let me read the scripture and you can imagine the worst kind of shame that Jesus has to endure for all of you and me too. In Matthew 27, 35 to 44, the more I read the scripture, the more I love Jesus. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. Now, ridicule. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, mocked him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If He is the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him revived him with the same thing. Amen. What a shameful situation that Jesus has to endure for you and me. To have an exchange. The shame that he endured opened the door for us to receive something. Let me read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. 
Hebrews 2.10 say, For it was fitting for him for whom we all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons, I want to add daughters, to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus endures the shame so that we can receive the glory of the Lord. What does it mean, glory? The word glory means two things. Number one, the thick presence of God. Number two, it means the perfect character of God. What is the perfect character of God? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, power, honor, respect, beauty. When you receive the glory from God, you are not in shame anymore. You are a child of the living God. I remember when I first came to the U.S. the first year, I was working at the Harborview Hospital. I was standing behind a big bed in the ICU, making row, looking at my patient in the ICU. A group of doctors walk in, I think three general surgeons, they're all bigger than me, like this, all big. They walk in, in, in that generation, no one hired foreign doctor because the Vietnam War just ended. And I was standing there. All these three doctors look at me from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. Who is this Asian guy standing here with us? And I look really foreign because I just came to America. The way I dress, the way I talk, very thick accent. And they look at me. I was so mad. I know they really looked down on me. They want to put me to shame. I have an idea come up right away. Do you know that I'm a third degree black belt taekwondo? I can jump across this bed and kick you with a sidekick like this. If you've never seen my picture jumping across six people and kick on the board and the board broke. I was thinking, I'm going to jump up and kick you right now. And suddenly I heard the voice from the Holy Spirit. He said, Son, I give you glory. You are my son. A son of the king of all kings and the lord of all lords. You don't need to let them look down on you. You are very important. When I heard that in my spirit, I put my chest up and smile. And they look at me, what's going on with this guy? I want to give him a hard time to make him feel bad. I think in that generation, a lot of American people maybe have a, some kind of bad attitude toward Vietnam War because a lot of people die in Vietnam. So they think that I'm Vietnam, I'm eating chai yo and bun thit nương and, and say uh, ăn cơm and uh, <laughs> I, I can speak some Vietnamese. Okay, so they really shocked when I smile at them and after that I walk in the hospital at Harborview. I smile to all of these people Within a year, I became very favorite doctor for all of them. They all loved me because I did not react. I did not fight back. I just loved them. I just have my own confidence. I am a child of the living God. I have the glory of God. It doesn't matter what you think about me. I'm not in shame anymore. 
I am accepted by God. So that is the second wound that you need to be healed. The second wound is rejection. Rejection is very common in society because of the broken relationship, such as a mom get pregnant out of the wedlock and began to think, "I don't like this child. I'm gonna take care of him by myself." The man left me already. This pregnancy. That child may be born with the sense of rejection on the inside. Or the rejection can come from broken relationship. It can be very strong and active, harsh words and very controlling activities such as yelling and putting down or do something. Or can be very, very subtle rejection, such as fail to show love. You walk into the room, and three kids walk in. In certain culture, the parents pro boys. I know this doesn't happen much in America. In certain culture, the parents pro boy. So when the boy walk in, hi son, but the daughter walk in, ah, oh, daughter. I don't care. So the daughter has a sense of rejection from the parents, or maybe they're both boys or they're both girls, but one girl better in education, always A A A A. Another girl B A B C. So the parents will say, "Wow, this girl! I give you a lot of rewards. Oh, you are nothing. This girl is nothing. You cannot do well in the school. I reject you." Or maybe. Another son has some kind of mental problem because they're born with some mental disease, and then the parents reject that boy. So rejection can happen in the family, and one of the worst rejection is divorce. Isaiah 54 verse 6, the Lord compared himself as a husband, and he talked to us as a wife. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife, deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says the Lord. Divorce caused people to have sense of rejection. Rejection and shame can cause damage to a lot of people. I noticed that people who came from broken home because the dad left, then they were young, have only single mom, or both the parents dumped them to be orphanage, to be orphaned, and somebody raised them up. All these adult people who came from this background of sense of rejection tend to have problem in life. They need the grace of God to heal them so that they can live a normal life again. They really have a hard time relate to other people, have a hard time relate to God Himself because He's the Father. When the Father rejects the person, cannot relate to the Father up there. So always struggle in the Christian walk. Always struggle in the church. Always sensitive. If the pastor walk by and don't say hi and smile, oh, today my pastor don't smile at me. I'm rejected. No, he's busy. He has so much to do. But because you're so sensitive of other people's reaction, because you have that shame and rejection on the inside, my brother and sister, can you please stop depending on people's acceptance? You need to depend on God's love. No perfect man on earth is going to meet all of your needs. 
I cannot meet all of your needs either. I'm a, I'm a human being. I can walk in and very busy, and then I forget to say hi to you because I'm so busy. And you say, "Oh, he reject me again. Oh, he doesn't honor me." No, don't even look at your pastor. You look at God, and God want to heal that shame, want to heal that rejection. How Jesus endure rejection on the cross so that He can offer you the way to receive acceptance from the Father. Look at Matthew 27:46 and 50. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani." That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. This is the first time in the history of the whole universe that the Son of God was rejected by the Father. The Son of God and the Father had really deep relationship for eternity. They were creating the world together, the universe together. Every time Jesus cried out to the Father, "Multiply this bread and fish," the Father answered. When he touched the coffin, God raised this dead. When he looked up to heaven and said, "Lazarus, come out," the Father answered him right away. He has so much deep relationship with the Father. The Father always listened to him. I like to be like that way. Whatever I say, God listen to me and do for me. But at that moment on the cross, because Jesus took the guilt, the iniquities, and the sin of mankind, including you and me, by the uncompromising holiness and justice of God, God cannot look at him. So when Jesus cried out to the Father, 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 listen to me. The father turned his face away because he could not look at the sin on his body, and rejected him. Amen. And you know, Jesus died only in a few hours after he was crucified on the cross. Normally, people take 24 to 48 hours to die on the cross because of dehydration, lack of water, bleeding, all kind of physical injury. But Jesus died only in a few hours. Why? Because his heart was broken. I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about his spiritual heart was broken by the rejection of the Father. He yielded up his spirit and died because he was rejected by the Father. Where is it in the Bible? Psalm 69, verse 20. Reproach has broken my heart. This is a prophecy. About Jesus' death, reproach has broken my heart. He died on the cross not because of the wound on his body, but because he was rejected by the Father. Amen. And at that moment, when he gave up his last breath, the Bible say, if you read, continue to read in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, verse fifty-one, the Bible say, the curtain, the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. What does it mean? In that generation, the presence of God was only inside the holy of holies. 
There was a curtain between the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant was sitting there, and the most holy place outside. So only the high priest could get into the holy of holies once a year with a rope on his body, so that if he die in there, they can drag him out. That's serious. How a man can enter into relationship into the presence of God. When the veil was torn supernaturally from the top to the bottom, when Jesus gave up his life, what happened? It means it signified that the relationship between man and God is restored. Now you and I, who believe in Jesus, are accepted by God. Now you can talk directly to God, and God will answer you. He accepts you because Jesus endured the rejection for you. There was an exchange. He endured rejection so that we might be accepted. As a child of God, Paul make a conclusion in Ephesians chapter one verses five to six. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has God the Father has made us accepted in the beloved. Everyone say, God accept me. I am a child of the living God. God's remedy, a provision for your emotional wound, rejection, and shame, has been offered to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. That He took the shame and the rejection on your behalf, so that you can receive the corresponding acceptance and glory. From the Father, I will continue tonight. The rest of the teaching we are going to end tonight. But what I like to say, in conclusion, Jesus came into the world. Christmas is the story of joy and celebration. Amen. And when the angel spoke to the shepherd, the angel said, "The Savior, Yeshua, you know that Jesus." Mean savior. His name means savior, like Joshua in the book of Joshua. He is the savior. He came to save you from everything. He meets all of your needs. He meets all of your needs. Your sins are forgiven. Your body can be healed. You can be righteous by the righteousness of God. You can live super abundant life and have eternal life in heaven. You can come out from poverty and have more than enough to become rich. You don't have to live in shame anymore. You don't need to depend on man's glory and honor and give you position. God give you the glory. And last thing, you don't need to worry about people accept you or not, because the Almighty God. Accept you, and you can walk with your chest up. I am a child of God. Whether I'm Vietnamese, or I am Chinese, or I am Hmong, or I am Japanese, I am a child of the Living God. I may speak English with accent. Who cares? God loved me. 
Amen. You can walk around with confidence, with bonus, glory, and self-confidence. I am a child of the living God. Are you glad that Jesus did so many things to you? We continue tonight and learn more the meaning of Christmas, what Jesus did for us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for showing us from the scripture the wonderful news, the good news of joy. The Savior came into the world who meets our needs, who have done so much for us, Lord. That's why we love Jesus. That's why we want to live our life for Jesus more than anything else, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for loving us first and doing so many good things for us, Lord. We thank you, Father. I believe, Lord, everyone who listened to this teaching will be set free from guilt of sin, will be healed from sickness, will have eternal life, will have confidence that they have the righteousness of God. Everyone who has suffered poverty and lack shall enter into the newness of life to have more than enough to enjoy the greater blessing of giving to other people. And Lord, if they suffer from shame and rejection, heal them, Lord. Deliver them from that emotional wound by your grace, Lord. And we all receive all these things that Jesus has done for us through faith. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Should we confess together that all these things belong to us? Let's confess. Let's stand up and confess together. Confess with our mouth. Believe in our heart. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus Christ to be crucified and died on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, the Savior. What you did for me. You took my sin so that I can be righteous. You died my death so that I can have life. You were punished so that I can be forgiven. You took my sickness so that I can be healed. You became poor so that I might be rich. You endured the shame due to me so that I can receive the glory of God. You endured rejection due to me so that I can be accepted as a child of God. 
I receive all these things by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We will live our life to glorify you, to build your church, to save souls, to make disciples. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.